Warning, this episode contains confronting topics and issues. If you need help, please contact Beyond Blue. For more information and resources, please visit our website, hshl.org.au. Welcome to Finding Sanctuary, our shared conversations into how we think and feel and how we find peace and comfort in daily life. We get together with experts to chat about all things mental health, getting insights and understanding on the struggles of life. My name is Debbie Draby and I'm a psychologist and a proud Maronite woman and a mother of three children. And I'm passionate about bringing people together to share their stories, to support each other through life and all its beauty and all its pain. I look forward to hearing from you in this podcast series as we engage in conversations around our shared experiences as a community. We love to hear what you think of the podcast, so please subscribe, share, like, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. I'm really excited today to be joined by a very special friend and guest, uh, Father Danny Noor. I'd like to introduce him as a friend first because I've known him for a very long time. We've worked together as peers, but also he's been an incredible support in my life um, with my family. And today we're talking about grief and loss and how we negotiate that. And as we start this conversation, I'm really going to draw on Father Danny's experience working with families in the midst of their grief, periods in the lead up to losing someone. And that's something that's definitely very close to my heart. Father Danny visited us when I lost my father a couple of years ago. And one memory in the hospital was getting a visit from Father Danny unexpectedly. And just remember feeling in the midst of that grief, how powerful that was to see him coming and to join our family and to share with us. And to be honest, one of the things that I remember about that time was just feeling this immense joy at a very, very sad time where um, it was quite numbing. And there's not a lot that I remember, but I do remember that moment and Father Danny came and and joined us and we had a really nice conversation about everyday things and it was just beautiful to feel grounded and and to reconnect with life because you feel so disconnected at that time. So welcome, Father Danny. I'm really excited that you're here and hope that we can share some stories and experiences. I've just shared a bit about mine and, and that connection that we have I just want to really thank you for coming in and and really appreciate you being part of this conversation. Thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me. I feel very honoured and privileged to be joining you. And um, I think from what I've seen, you and the team are doing a wonderful job. It's something I think that needs to be promoted, not just in our eparchy, but in in our community as a whole. And I think it's something that we'll be promoting at St. Joseph's um, from now on so that the wider community can listen into these podcasts and benefit from the stories, from the experiences, everything that you share with them so that we can be more informed and share and communicate with each other our experiences to learn more and uh, experience things that we should be, um, you know, travelling through. Thanks, Father. It's really wonderful that you've got such an enthusiasm and interest in it and wanting to share it because that's one thing that we want to try and do is we've started in one parish, but you know you've done work at Our Lady of Lebanon and now recently we've had to let you go (laughs) to St. Joseph and it's wonderful that you're able to, you know, have a new experience and contribute Mm. to a new community there as well. I've heard so many great things that you're doing, the wonderful work that you're doing there. Today we're talking about grief and loss and from your perspective, 
perspective and the experiences that you have in, in, in the different parishes, but also within your own family. I know that you're very lucky to have you as a married priest with a family and, and children. And I think that brings a new wealth of experience and a connection as a father and as a husband. And I think that's beautiful. And that's quite unique that we have that as a Maronite community. And, and often I tell people about that and they're quite curious about how as Catholics we have married priests. What's been some of your key learnings about what people are needing and what's really important for them when, when you do reach out and connect with them? Um, look, I think I think the first thing that you need to do is accompany the person that is grieving or the person that has just lost someone. Each individual will grieve in a different way. So you'll have some people that will grieve in a very horrific way where they've been so attached to someone that they cannot bear the thought of not having that person any longer physically in their life. Some who are more, if I can say, developed in their faith will will be glad that someone has passed from this life that was suffering, that was in a lot of pain, knowing that they are starting a new journey with God um, in in heaven, uh, hopefully. The levels are different. The, mm. the, 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 you know, children grieve in a different way. Yeah. Women, if I can say, grieve in a different way to men. Men, men don't like to express their emotions as much as uh, women do. Uh, it depends. So everyone is different in the way that they grieve and their process of grieving. However, I think you have to meet each person where they're at. Mm. Um, I don't think there's an exact formula or an exact science, but it's it's our presence, I think, that is so important and our support. And as I said, our accompaniment of, of the individual, of the yeah. family, being there for them, just our presence there, I think, gives them that support, gives them that comfort that they need, helping them to to process what, what has just taken place mm. uh, mentally and emotionally, but also helping them in the process, making sure that the funeral arrangements mm. are done well. So there's no, you know, hassles or there's no complications or there's no, it's a delicate time for people. Mm. And everyone, I think, wants the funeral of a loved one to go smoothly and, and, and beautifully and, you know, to send their loved ones off in the most beautiful way. Mm-hmm. So we have to try to provide that environment for them so that it's easy for them. It's just something that, you know, the funeral is something that they don't have to think about, mm-hmm. something that they can just say to me, we want this, we want this, we want this. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we cater for that and we organize that for them. And yeah, so it's just being there and supporting and helping and uh, bringing Christ I think that's the that's one of the most important things that our mission is to do is to bring Christ to that family and to help them to see Christ mm-hmm. at that moment in time or in that moment in their life because someone that has just lost someone especially in a tragedy or in circumstances that are you know beyond control they may have a little bit of a resentment towards God or mm-hmm. you know asking questions why mm-hmm. I guess our aim is not to our purpose is not to ask or not to answer those questions, but to support them and guide them so that they can find the answers Mm. themselves Mm. through their grieving process. As you're talking, Father, I'm just, I'm getting this visual of, I mean, you mentioned one of the first things you said was the importance of being present and, and accompanying them and really walking alongside with them in their journey and meeting them where they are and and being able to identify what their needs are because, mm. as you said, they're quite unique. Everyone will be, everyone's needs will be different. There's no one approach that's going to work and there's no formula. At all. Yeah. Not at all. But... Um, I think th- that presence, uh, 
is so important. And in that presence, you will discover what that family needs, what that individual needs, and then you will be able to cater for those needs in in the best possible way. As I said, trying to make sure that they can see Christ through you all the time. We've talked the last few series around the experience of COVID Mm -hmm. and how immense that was and the impact. I mean, it was a global crisis that impacted the world, you know, in different ways. But within our community, we had some challenges that weren't unique. They, They were sort of happening everywhere. But I'm wondering from your experience in COVID, what that was like being able to do this accompaniment and to show up and be present. What's some of the new challenges that may have emerged for you in your work? Look, I, I always looked at COVID in a positive way mm. because there was there was a lot of negative um, and there were a lot of challenges, but I tried to take the positives always out of COVID so that we can actually learn from it and move forward. Mm. And I think one of the positives that I know my family experienced, for example, was being together, mm. spending more time with each other, the value of that. For years, I haven't been able to go on walks, for example, with my wife and strolls, you know, and we we would walk for hours, hours and hours. So physically, it was good, but emotionally, mentally, um, psychologically, it was so good to be able to to do that. I think it brought families together and it helped them to understand how important it is to be close to each other. I know the first round in 2020, I think we were one of the first families to get it with um, with my son, and it was very controversial at that stage. You know, you know the whole saga with the church, and he was, yeah. you know, he was singing in, in the church at that time, and the, the the abuse that we that we got and that that he got because people just didn't understand and they they didn't know what was going on, and they had to close the church down, etc. So there was there was that very challenging experience for yeah. for me and for the family. However, you know, from that, we grew a a network of people. So every time someone would either had to isolate or caught COVID, we grew a a network of people on the internet, on the, on social media. So Mm -hmm. through Zoom. So we were, we would celebrate mass. I would celebrate mass at home. Mm -hmm. And then we would call all the families, for example, that were affected in that little group to Mm -hmm. celebrate mass with us um, on Zoom. Of course, they weren't physically celebrating mass however they were there present praying with us and it was me and my family for example and my son was in the in like he had to isolate in his room and we couldn't go into his room and that was so difficult that that I think that taught us you know the difficulty of being isolated from someone that you love when my second son got it as well and then he had to isolate another. That was even more difficult mm. because you had two of your children, for example, that you love so much and that at this time they need you so much, but you couldn't go into the room because of the whole stigma and the whole, the, the laws and everything that, you know, all the challenges that, that came about because of this pandemic. But I think it, it strengthened us. We came out a lot stronger. We came out knowing more. We came out um, being able to make better decisions uh, we came out knowing um, maybe to listen and to understand to people a lot more because, you know, it divided the community. Yeah. And I know, I know from, you know, my experience at St. Joseph's at, in 2020, we had, a, we had a panel, for example, with the bishop and experts that came 
that we that we we streamed and that that divided the community because mm. you had a lot of people who were for a lot of people who were against but i think it was also providing the right information for people to make an informed decision so it didn't matter for me whether you were for or against mm. but as long as you were content with the decision that you had made then that was the important thing mm. that that i think uh, i think that strengthened me mm. um in that because for example, if I chose to take the, the vaccinations, I chose to do that because I was informed. I knew what I was doing. I don't regret doing it. There were people that chose not to take the yeah. vaccinations and I respect that. Mm. And up until this day, I respect that. It's, you know, that's mm. as long as you were informed and you were, you, you knew exactly what you were doing and you what your choice or decision was based on the information that you have received, then we have to listen to each other. We have mm. to respect each other's views and opinions and we have to move forward. Mm. And I think that experience strengthened me and strengthened my family um, looking back and it strengthened a lot of people. It did bring a lot of challenges afterwards, yes, but I think we're capable of addressing those challenges and facing those challenges in the face and, uh, and moving forward, picking ourselves up. And we are a resilient people, so we pick ourselves up and we keep going. Um, we don't let anything um, stop us, especially when we're grounded in our faith. Yeah. And I think that's that's the key, that when we are grounded in our faith, no matter what comes our way, then our faith guides us and leads us um, in the right direction. Hearing your experience, Father, I remember at the time it was it was highly controversial and you having to navigate that as a leader in the community but also as a father you know wanting to protect your family and and I think you know what you talk about is this incredible strength mm-hmm. that you gained in working with your family as hard as it was to isolate you know it's this, this new level of grief because mm-hmm. you you there's a loss of connection and a loss of sort of ability to for, to be in that full role as a father and as a carer and then having to deal with the community mm. and manage all that. If I can give you an example yeah, of something that there was a, a couple that was supposed to be married on the weekend that my son caught COVID. Yeah. He was, as everyone knows, that my son sings and plays the, the piano at church mm. and he was the singer at that wedding. So he was rehearsing on the Thursday night at the bride's home with the whole bridal party, with all the singers that were of the choir that had formed this beautiful choir that was supposed to be singing in the church, etc., etc. So imagine what it was like to call the bride on Saturday morning mm. and tell her that my son had caught COVID and that because she was a direct contact that she couldn't get married tomorrow. I think about it now, and that was one of the most difficult things that I had to do. Um, and uh, it was and sh- like sh- she was in shock. We were in shock because I couldn't yeah. even believe that we had to do that. Yeah. She caught COVID, so she had COVID. So yeah. she so she had to isolate. Her whole family had to isolate. The whole bridal party had to isolate, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, but imagine, like imagine that was one of the things that there was a lot of grief there. Like. Mm. Um, and, and not just for the bride and the groom, but yeah. for the whole, everyone that was involved. But I think God gives us the strength. Mm. Not I think, I know God gives yeah. us the strength that we have to make the right choice. We have to make the right decision and then move forward, mm. you know. 
she was so determined to get married, or both of them were so determined, that as soon as they got out of isolation, they were preparing the, you know, they had to delay everything by two weeks. They had to change the church. They had to change the priest. Because I was, when we went into isolation, you know, it was two weeks. And then when the next person catches it, you have to, it's another two weeks. Yeah. So we were in isolation for about three or four weeks. So I couldn't marry them. I couldn't get out of isolation, mm. but then, you know, we had to find another priest for her. And But it, it all worked out, mm. you know, at the end it all worked out. But just our reliance, I think, on God, yeah. um, that helps us and that gives us the strength to, to continue. And mm. now I think we are stronger. We are stronger because of it. And I think we are able to make better decisions and choices in our lives because, you know, we've, we have experienced this. Mm. It has made us better people. Mm. Um, with all its negativity and with all yeah. the, the negative challenges that we faced. But I think it has made us very strong. Yeah. I think just hearing the depth of your emotion and, and just witnessing it here today, Father, it's still there. Like mm. the, how terrible that was, what you had to do to really ruin someone's dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was happening everywhere and you sort of in the thick of it, yeah. not just as a family member but as a leader and as, a, as someone that, you know, you were going to make this happen. You're the one that was yeah. going to lead the wedding. And we, I mean, we, we I had to put out a statement um, because, you know, my son was one of the first people to catch. The church had to be closed. Yeah. Our, you know, the biggest parish in Australia, the biggest parish in the yeah. Southern Hemisphere had to be closed yeah. uh, because my son caught COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, so imagine, like imagine the feelings, imagine the emotions, imagine, imagine what my son was going through in that regard. But... Again, I feel that our faith helped us to get through it. Yeah. Um, it brought us together so much more as a family to pray yeah. together, but also as a community. Yeah. And we were able to think outside of the square. We were yeah. able to come up with, um, you know, different ideas of how we were to bring God to the community, to people who were isolated in their rooms or isolated in their yeah. homes. Yeah. They were still able to celebrate Mass through the live streaming. They were still able to celebrate, to pray the rosary, etc. Yeah. In all the negativity, yeah. there was so much positivity also, yeah. I think. Yeah. And Father, thank you. Thank you. I know that this is this was a very difficult experience for you um, and there was a lot of controversy and pressure on you and your family. And I think it's it's beautiful that you're sharing and being so open about it. And I think what really you're modelling is the importance of sharing, mm. even the difficult times and the growth that you've gained from that, but also the credibility that you are a family man leading, you know, having a very big role in, in a big community, but you still had that responsibility mm. for your children and together, you, you know, you pulled through and you worked together to reconnect. We were working with the medical authorities as yeah. well. So because it, it was something that we had never experienced before. So if you like, my home became like a center of operation because <laughs> we were working with the medical authorities. I was, you know, communicating with the bishop. I was communicating yeah. with the parish. We were trying to organize the parish in a way that, um, you know, closing the parish and what's next, you know, coming, bringing in uh, the cleaners and, but also dealing with what was going on in our home. So mm. it was quite big, but thanks be to God for, yeah, for all his yeah. graces. And what I'm hearing is the power of, you know, the turmoil and the chaos, but then this creativity emerge and mm. just being able to think about, yes, there's this real crisis going on and this grief in, within your family, but then what emerged is this positive experience mm. from it. You know, how you navigate that. In these circumstances, it's always good 
to think of the positive, even if there's like this, the dimmest, the dimmest light, you know, hang on to that, catch on to that and just build that up because Mm. from something, from a little spark, you can do so much. And that's what we try to do. And especially I think in in 2021, when the second round came, we had to close down the churches, but we, we, we tried as much as we can to reach out to people and to make sure that they were connected. I know from St. Joseph's, for example, people were watching the masses in Wollongong, in Melbourne. We got calls from America. Mm. We got calls from America saying, please continue. Thank you. Thank you for, for, Mm. for celebrating the masses. Thank you for your homilies. Thank you for, um, you know, the, the rosary nights and the prayer nights that you are organizing. And it was just that connection. I think that, you know, we were able to be creative and think outside of the square, but we were able to go into people's homes at, at, at a time when no one was able to go into yeah. their homes through, you know, either the the phone or the the, yeah. the lens of a, t- a television screen or, or what have you. Mm. And I think that was so important that mm. that resided the grief that they were suffering from. That was their sort of moment or hour of, of joy yeah. in the midst of all this negativity and in the midst of, you know, not knowing what the future was yeah. going to hold for, yeah. for a lot of people. In the midst of people, close relatives and close friends, passing away from yeah. this disease. You know, the funerals, for example, I remember the first funeral in COVID at Our Lady of Lebanon yeah. was a family, and a, a man who I had been visiting regularly at home. He passed away and it was, I remember in March, I think, that you could only have 10 people present yeah. in the church, 10 people maximum. He had eight children. Mm. He had eight children they could be present, the eight children could be present, a priest and someone helping the priest. So they, they opted for the a choir member to, to sing. So it was myself, the choir member, and his eight children. So imagine his daughter was carrying the cross, his children were carrying in the coffin, all the grandchildren were outside, either in their cars or at home watching the live stream. No one could come into the church. Imagine how difficult that was. That I, I remember I'm bringing in the, the, the coffin. It was as if it was my father. Yeah. I was just, I was in tears. I was, I was bawling my eyes out because yeah. how difficult this, this separation, this separation of people. This is the time that they needed their family yeah. the most. Yeah. And, this is, and this was a time that their family couldn't be with them. Yeah. That was so difficult. Yeah. But again, we got through it yeah. and we're here today. And uh, I think we've learned so much from that. And I think we, we've learned to deal a lot more with grief because of COVID. Yeah. What do you think the key learnings were in terms of dealing with that grief? What are some of your key learnings that you've now taken into your practice? Um, presence, mm-hmm. being present no matter which form. So trying to trying to f- work out the best way of being present mm-hmm. with the family, with, with the people that are grieving, listening, making sure that you listen to them and you 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 know exactly what they want mm-hmm. um, what they need um, and then providing for that need accompanying mm-hmm. so being there being there for them in whichever way yeah. no matter how how difficult or no matter how how many barriers there are mm-hmm. but being there and even if it's just you know through yeah. zoom or through a yeah. conversation on the phone or mm-hmm. facetime Whatever it is, you know, trying to find the way mm. to be with, with, with them so that you can accompany them and, yeah. and walk with them, walk with them on this, this journey that they are. 
Oh, Father, thank you for sharing your experience. I think, you know, I'm just picturing that funeral in my head, mm. you know, around you walking and accompanying them and, and sharing in their grief and crying with them. Um, you know, the incredible power of that, that learning of how to accompany someone in their grief and to find ways, as difficult as it was, to have very little family there, but your presence and your tears would have just been an incredibly powerful message that they're not alone mm. and that you're sharing with them and, and it, that pain and that walk that they had to do with very little community, mm. which we generally all do when we And we, we're aware of people that need... We yeah. need to be surrounded by our family and yeah. friends. And um, yeah. so imagine not being able to have that with you yeah. at, at a time when you needed it the most, you know, yeah. when you're, you're bidding farewell to someone that, that you love so much. Yeah. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah. I've noticed that you saying, we got through. Mm. And I think that's a really powerful message in our grief. And when we lose someone or lose something that it does pass and we do get through it. We get through it with... The pain doesn't go away, it's still there, but we get through it. And and what emerges is a new new creativity of who we are and how we want to be in the world. And there's always that light at mm. the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And that's the light of Jesus. Yeah. It's the light of Jesus. Well, thank you, Father. I really appreciate this conversation and all your sharing Pleasure. and your wisdom. And I think that it's just been really powerful and moving for me to to hear you be so vulnerable and to share. And I think for our listeners to know that we're all human. We all experience, no matter what role we have, we experience the full spectrum of human emotions. And that's, that's normal and that's okay. And, we, and it's important that we share that. Absolutely. And so important. Yeah. It's so important that we speak about it and that we yeah. share it with each other because, again, that's how we learn. Yeah. We learn from each other and we learn from each other's experiences. Yeah. Um, and each one of us is on a different journey. Yeah. But we can learn from each other and that's how we grow, I think. Yeah. That's definitely how we grow. Yeah. And it's just that sharing that enables all that, unlocks that, those hidden things that sometimes we carry on our own and that can isolate us. I hope this episode has helped you find sanctuary in this exciting journey of life. All of the resources we've mentioned in this episode are found in the podcast notes. If you need some assistance with any of the topics discussed in today's episode, then please visit our website, hshl.org.au. You and your mental health matters to us, and we hope you get one step closer in finding sanctuary. Bye for now.